this is Justin Peterson, and you're listening to the Master of One Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Master of One Podcast, the official podcast of the Reimagine Conference. Part one this week, we talk about Doctor Strange, Toys for Tots, and BlizzCon 2016 with a special guest. I'm Andrew, your Master of Art and Design. I'm Patrick, your Master of Television and Film. And I'm Luke, your Master of Toys and Games. So practice your close-up magic, because it's time for this sorcery to blow your mind. Now you see it, now it's dead. to kick every episode off by going around the table, which is where we talk about something new, fun, or noteworthy about our weeks. Luke, what happened to you this week? Uh, I don't know. Not really anything. <laughs> cool. Nothing? Have you been sitting there since we recorded last? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, no, I've been catching, so I've been catching up on um, a show I watch on Twitch. Uh, it's called Critical Role. It's where some voice actors play Dungeons and Dragons. And so I've been catching up on that because I've fallen behind. And that's on iTunes too, right? Uh, no. Oh, I, I, so. I could have sworn there was it's a Critical Twitch, Role podcast. It's, it's on Twitch and and on YouTube. I don't think I don't think it's a podcast. It's through Geek and Sundry, um, and they do tabletop. If you've watched tabletop on YouTube, uh, it's the same people that bring with Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. Will um, Wheaton. That just came back, the third third season of Tabletop, and I watched that. That's super good. Um, they play a game called Lanterns that looks really awesome. I want to try it. Oh, yeah. It, it's got a uh, – does it have like – it's like an Asian-inspired like, yeah, well, aesthetic? Yeah, it's a whole like lantern festival, and you have to basically just bring lanterns and collect honor. That um, is the whole mechanic of the game. But like the colors – match up to certain people and there's a strategy on not giving certain people different colors and stuff like that because you match these cards and get points as you turn in card matches yeah so it looks really awesome i want to play it um other, other than that then just okay let me ask some overwatch of course well let me ask okay. you real quick did you get your email from loyal subjects that they've shipped a toy to you no nope maybe i guess may i don't know either uh, either they're trying to appease me or something, but they did end up. I got a shipping confirmation that there is an SDDC Skeletor headed my direction. Ooh, cool! Now All I, right. you know, again, I, I said I would update. Uh, still angry, but that's that's at least one other thing. So I guess we only have nine other things to go at this point. So we'll see this how it turns be your, out. This will be your first toy. Luke already so, has one because he got a bathroom one. <laughs> nope, he got a birthday one. Yeah, birthday one. I got a metallic, <laughs> yeah. Well, you a can assume he was. It's spent the majority of it in the bathroom. Enough, but <laughs> that's where he, yeah, that's where he keeps. That's where he flushed stuff. it. He tried to it went fits. So it just sits <laughs> in the bottom of the toilet, just collects poop all the time. Here's the bathroom one. <laughs> he just has to waffle stomp it past the toy, like whenever he goes to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I hate everything, but I kind of want to start that now. Oh gosh. <laughs> okay, well there you go. <laughs> but yeah, other than that, so uh, I'll I'll end with uh, I got Overwatch, or I've been playing Overwatch, and I know that you guys have had some run-ins with said game so whoever wants to start there around the table next maybe we can jump into that 
Yeah, you know what, Andrew, go ahead and take it. I feel like this is going to be you. Okay, um, yeah, so <clears throat> my week has consisted of um, a lot of just, I did a lot of design work kind of early on, and then was kind of freed up to just be an adult who has freedom to play video games for a few days. That's a good time. Um, yeah, it, it was. It was one of those things where because I gotten my work done, I could do it kind of guilt-free, and also, I was up until like 2 o'clock in the morning playing video games, which I haven't done in, man, probably two years. Um, so I played, uh, I, I picked back up uh, Diablo 3, um, and then I also played, um, I bought this game, and I'm excited. I'm using Cooper's 3DS to play Kingdom Hearts. Oh, um, yeah. There's a new version of Kingdom Hearts for the 3DS. It's called Dream Drop Distance, um, and it's in 3D. I've never played any of the Kingdom Hearts franchise. Really? Um, because I was, yeah, because I wasn't a PS guy. You know uh, what I mean? Um, okay. I've been an Xbox guy for a very long That's time. That's so surprising to me because it's I know. like quintessential Disney people. I know, I know. So, um, but like they're getting the ready to. Man. I know. Well, here's the, I didn't because here's what they're they're coming out with remastered versions and they're going to be cross platform. So wow. they're like, even like just for their based anniversary. on artwork that seems like so right up your alley. Yeah, well, they're re- they're remastering all of it and bring and and uh, putting out like all. I think there's three of them, right? There's you should three. get it when it comes out. There's a. I will. That's a good point. You should get it. <laughs> so when it comes out. anyway, I've been playing that. It's it's been fun. And then I've also I picked up um, after what two months of Luke just, talking. Three months. Do it. Do it. Four months. It's been out for four months. Andrew now. and me bored out of our minds hearing about it. Yep. Yeah, I just couldn't. I couldn't stand listening to Luke talk about it one more t- one more day without having some frame of reference so I went and bought listen, I'm going to get this freaking game so I can just say yeah it's not that great and he can maybe move on yeah but um but that's not what happened so I bought Overwatch for Xbox and um man it's fun yeah it's great well here's what I love about it more than anything I love that I can pick it up and play it for 45 minutes and then set it back down yep and it's very much a jump in, play, and then and then t- I mean I, I'll get, I'll get on and play like two rounds, yeah, and and then turn it off and whatever. So well, because there's um, no there's no like weapon enhancements and stuff, right? right? So like if you suck at the game, that means like you actually suck. It's not like oh, if only had a better gun, right? Um, I so I just jumped into it as well. I literally bought it um just this past week, and uh, and I my brother plays it, and a, a friend of his plays it, and um, and I'm terrible. And I was having a little trouble with my monitor when I was playing, and but even that being the case, the game is a blast. If you're playing, depending on who you're playing, it's like very fast paced too. Like I think Andrew, you and I both were spending a lot of time with Junkrat. Yeah, so that's like, my my main guy. Yeah, it's like super like fast paced and frenetic. I love the fact that like chat is back to like crossroads chat again, yeah. and it's hilarious. What does like, crossroads I, chat mean? So, like, for those that play uh, Warcraft, you know that uh, in the day, Crossroads chat was uh, um, notably terrible. Um, Either, like, people, like, making fun of people or talking crap or it was just ridiculous and insane, but it was was constant. And uh, it's just something that everybody knows is Crossroads chat. And, like, being back in this game with, uh, obviously, Overwatch has a super active community, uh, it's like back to those old days again, and it was we were having a blast. We had somebody that jumped in our group that was mad because someone was a Widowmaker. So the three of us all then rolled Widowmakers <laughs> to play just to be annoying, 
And um, like we started like misquoting people and things like that just to drive this guy crazy. And it was hilarious. It's like the most fun I've had in a long time. <laughs> so, so you were trolling people via. Because via- like this guy <clears throat> came in talking crap about how, oh, these people need to learn to play, playing a Widowmaker. That's ridiculous. We don't like he started talking. What's crap. a Widowmaker? Widowmaker's a well, character. It's, it's a character. Okay, okay. He was just saying it was like the wrong support character for that match. Okay, I see. So he was he came in talking crap about it wasn't even one of us, it was someone else. But man, do I love to troll the troll. Yeah, I don't know yeah, how you actually good. say that sound the way so I said it sounds lame, but it was is you're playing on PC, Patrick. That's and true. PC is the only console that has a chat that you can actually type uh custom things into. Console is just you have you have the scroll wheel in game where you can pick like acknowledge or uh, healing or group up with me. There's like static things you can pick. PC you can actually type in what you want to say. What's funny is you it, have for like Xbox part- you can talk for Xbox you can you can speak it. Yeah, it's you Xbox have a Live, so you, you can just talk yeah. with your teammates. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, but there's just some stuff you just can't communicate that way. Uh, what's What's great is uh, they have literally like a, you can communicate anything that way. That's the <laughs> they, point. That's the point of speech. They have a party chat, and then they have like an everyone chat. Mm-hmm. For the first twenty minutes, I was literally typing in a party chat, had no idea. So like only me and the two people I was playing with could see what I was saying. That's funny. Um, it, but I man, can't imagine playing Overwatch and having to type things because it, uh, it's I mean, so it's fast paced that it just seems like. I don't know. That just doesn't that doesn't compute with me. But I I'm more of a console gamer anyway. Um, but anyway, so Finish Overwatch your week. is Overwatch is great. Um, it's it's a it's a ton of fun. Um, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and stop there for my week. Another cool thing happened uh, this week, but I'll talk about it maybe next week once everything is kind of finalized and, and everything. But uh, um, let's just say it it involved uh, me getting back at drawing and inking and all that jazz. So um, it's been a fun and relaxing and artistic week. So cool. uh, Patrick, take us home. Yeah, so, I, you know, other than uh, the computer stuff and all that I'm going to go into a little bit later, the biggest thing I want to say is I did see Hackridge. Uh, Hackridge. <laughs> Hacksaw Ridge. I hope you spit that out, Andrew. Um, Hacksaw Ridge is the newest uh, Mel Gibson, I guess, directed film. Uh, features, um, oh, Andrew Garfield, Mr. Spider-Man, as uh, Desmond Doss. Desmond Doss is the, uh, was the first... Um, uh, conscientious objector to receive the medal of honor and uh, he ended up being the first of three actually that ultimately received the medal of honor but he was the first to receive it he uh you know the the summary is there was this huge battle he ends up uh kind of by his own choice uh getting left behind and under like gunfire and bombing and all this stuff he managed to save 75 people that were just kind of left to die and uh, it's it's a really incredible story, he, um, and it just it follows uh, him. It, it talks about his background, kind of the 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 religion that uh, Seventh Day Adventist, so that he followed. But then also kind of gave you his family background to really kind of give you an idea of what his driving motivation was, mm-hmm. up to him joining the war, and then of course you know the the big battle that ensued. The first part of the let me just real quick say I cannot recommend this movie enough. I thought it was an incredible film. Um, it, Honestly, like I, I would stop recording and go watch it again right now. It's it's one of the best films I've seen this year. Uh, it did not do great uh, with uh, its earnings the first weekend. I think this weekend, to give you an idea, I want to say Doctor Strange brought in something ridiculous like you know fifty million or sixty million or whatever. Uh, Hacksaw Ridge brought in fourteen million. It, it did not do well this weekend. Uh, it's lower than their projections. I'm hoping that now that people have seen Doctor Strange, they will now go see Hacksaw Ridge. It's totally worth the watch if you're listening. Go see it. But 
the the point is the first part of the movie, probably the first quarter of the movie, something like that, is very almost like I've heard someone call it like watching a Hallmark Channel film. It's very clean and, and very nice and, and whatever. And then the last hour and a half, or or I say hour and a half, the last like three quarters of the film is a brutal, brutal war. Like whatever gore you saw in Saving Private Ryan, at least that or more. Okay, it's wow. it's and so. It because it is so clean and nice in the beginning, which I've heard some people talk bad about. I th- I think it fits perfectly. It's because it's so clean, it even does more to highlight how dirty and bad you know whatever war is. Sure. Um. And but it also does a lot to try to like find the humanity uh within that. Like uh it. it I think it was played perfectly. You know, like anything else, I I could nitpick and I could talk about a couple scenes I didn't like or. It doesn't matter. the The film is an amazing film. Absolutely, go see it. So, so that was mine. Hacksaw Ridge can't recommend it enough. Cool. You said you said a Hallmark movie, and that reminds me that the other night, Chandra, um, I was working on on something, and Chandra said, "Do you mind if I watch a Hallmark movie?" And I was like, "No, it's fine, whatever." So she turned it on, and obviously, I'm sitting there, I'm watching it with her, and I'm like dying laughing because it is just ultra predictable ultra stupid whatever name the name of the film is um so i didn't know what the name of the film was and there was a line about 20 minutes into it where um they go <laughs> she says something like um should we call it the uh mistletoe contract and he was like no contract contract's too strong of a word um what about the mistletoe promise? And I said, Chandra, is that the name of this film? And <laughs> she said, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, one of the very last lines of the whole film, um, and I say film loosely, this TV, whatever, acting, practice, I don't know, <laughs> theater. Um, and we're watching it, and the very last line, they're standing there, and, uh, of course, they've gotten together, and it's this unlikely duo, and they fall in love, and blah, 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 over Christmas time. It's every single Hallmark movie ever. And um, she looks up and there's there's uh, there's a you know the little bush hanging from the uh, above the 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 door frame and she goes, "Huh, mistletoe." And he goes, "Promise." <laughs> Shut up, okay. Dude, I no, freaking... No, 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 I lost it. It's so much so that Chandra... I was dying, and I look over, and Chandra was recording me because I was laughing so hard. I was like, no, no way, no way. That is the dumbest... Like, that did not just happen. <laughs> so I'm bringing... I'm, I'm sorry, I'm bringing it back. Uh, last two things. Uh, number one, uh, the, the story... Uh, there's things that you see in the film that while you're watching, you're going to go like, oh, obviously this is the Hollywood part that was injected. And at the very end, you follow the, you find out that those things specifically are not the Hollywood. Those are actually the actual things that happen. Um, and, and then the other thing is, um, there, the whole movie... Gosh, I, I just made this really serious, but stick with me. I, without giving it away, um, like what scene it is, there's, there's a part in the movie, and then at the end, you actually hear uh, footage from the real Desmond Doss. And he makes this comment that seeing this person smile, and it refers to a specific uh, scene in the film, but seeing this person smile made the entire war worth it. And it is nuts. Like, to be the type of person that you can go through all of the awfulness and, like, horribleness that is war and be left with one person's smile could make all of that be worth it. Crazy. I don't know that I'll ever be that type of person. It's super worth a watch. That's what I wanted to get out. So I'll Promise? Say this, uh, <laughs> I'll say this about that movie. Like, 
<laughs> I think nobody went to see it because they didn't really advertise it much. I only saw like previews leading up the week of release. The marketing looks so lame. Yeah, it like, looks terrible. Even what I, it, and that's that's the thing. Like when I started seeing these reviews about it being really graphic and it being really this and that, I was like, "What movie are we talking about?" Because it looks like some PG. It probably has Cuba Gooding Jr. lighter than Pearl Harbor. Yeah, I like thought, type I was of film. Like, remember the Titans kind of thing or yeah, it, remember or the Titans with guns. It it totally does not come across that way in the marketing. I think the marketing super let it down. If they had marketed marketed this film like. And you know, a Saving Private Ryan type film. Uh, the fact is, I I 100% believe it would have done better. Even if you know, I I heard I read something today where someone said that it's possible that a combination of trying to stray away from the fact it was Mel Gibson, stray away from the fact that it the guy was a Seventh Day Adventist and that religion played heavily into his story, um, and then maybe even straying away from bi- violence because it was a conscientious objector. It ended up straying away from all of this stuff that made the film what the film is. Well, yeah, I mean, and, look at the look at the the movie, um, the Angelina Jolie movie that came out, um, like back in like Christmas or something, or maybe two years ago now about the the POW that. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Um, gosh, oh, I know what you're talking something. Like yeah, that. unbreakable. Yeah. Yep. Unbreakable. Yep. Yeah. Is it? Um, I mean, that was very much like uh, in your face of like what his story was about, and it did great. And I don't know if it was because cr- Christmas time, that could have been a factor, but like. They also marketed that movie incredibly well, and they started yeah. like three or four months before oh, yeah. it came out. Yep. So. I mean, I had, yeah, I. Going up against Doctor Strange, was that great? Probably not. But I 100% think the marketing let this film down because the film is amazing. And I do believe it's going to win awards. The problem is it's not going to win awards for another couple months after it's finished its run. That's the problem. So hopefully people will go see it. But I, I agree with you, Luke. I think the marketing department really let it down. Yep. Um, so, yeah, so I haven't seen the film. And I, I think based on that, I probably won't see it because I don't feel like you like it enough for me to go see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I only see not movies lame enough you... for your taste. <laughs> yeah, uh, if there's no if there's no double pun on the name of the film used inside the film in a super meta fun way, nah, it's not for me. Also, uh, F list actors, <laughs> like nah, no, 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 no. <laughs> if it's not on Hallmark, it's not for me. Andrew Garfield's not even good enough to be Spider Man. So <clears throat> yeah, yeah, obviously they would have kept him around. Maybe you'll be in a Hallmark um, movie someday. I just I do want to say Andrew Garf- Gar- Garfield Gar- Garfield 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 um, <laughs> Andrew Garfield by far hands down the best Spider-Man without question. All right, I mean the new kid um, looks good, well, but I feel like Andrew Garfield will always be my Spider-Man. He is my Spider-Man. Come on, <clears throat> this new one is not my president. Not, not my Spider-Man. <laughs> I I didn't vote for him. Not my Spider-Man. Um, so uh, so we're going to transition out of the around the table and we're going to move into our master categories. But before we do that, um, we want to tell you guys about Reimagine. We've told you guys that we are the official podcast of the Reimagine conference and um, we are super excited about it. It is coming up. Man, we're going to be together next week. Do you realize that? That's nuts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what? when this airs, eight days. Yeah. No. It'll be, yeah, next Wednesday. Um, so the day after, or the, a, a week from tomorrow, if you're listening to this on, re- on release day, we will all be together again and we will be, uh, setting up to help host the reimagine conference with Noah Elias. And if you didn't listen to his interview, first of all, 
Um, what are you just doing? go back. Stop. Stop right now. Go back and listen to that episode, and then um, go ahead and make sure you've got uh, notepads or lipstick and a mirror or something for you to take notes down because he just dropped some serious knowledge. Anyway, then we're gonna come be back there. And listen to this. So. Yeah, and then come back and finish this. Um, but we're gonna be there, and uh, a lot of you can't make it there. It's in Costa Mesa, California. It's it's a bit of a drive for some of you and some of you who aren't in this country. Um, some of you who listen to this and are in different countries. Um, so uh, Noah wanted to make sure that there was a way for you to connect with the conference as well and connect with all of the fantastic speakers and panels and lineups and all that stuff. Um, so for you to be a part of the conference, you can do that just by buying a live stream pass. And you can do that in a very, very simple way. Just go to mofonepodcast.com slash reimagine and you can get right there to to uh, buy your tickets um, honestly, the cost of the ticket. So I think the cost of the conference is five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, but if yeah. you want to get the, and then you got to get out to California and then get lodging and pay for food and everything, it's probably going to be close to like a fifteen hundred to two thousand dollar trip for somebody. Um, or you can just watch from the comfort of your own home or your office or whatever, and only pay a hundred dollars a day for the three days, or you can just do a live stream, like weekend pass for the whole conference and pay two fifty. Um, so the value is... That sounds like a deal. It, yeah, it's good. So Let me just say, um, like any, uh, nearly any one of these speakers, and you can see the speaker list online, I think it's reimagineconference.com, or again, you go to mo1podcast.com forward slash reimagine and get there. Uh, almost any one of the speakers from that list, like you would pay a few thousand dollars just to have lunch with them for an hour. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. fact that you get to have, I think it's, I think I counted it up, and over those three days, it's 25 different either sessions, Q&A, mini interviews, whatever. And so it's 25 of those plus this, we have 13 speakers right now that are going to be talking. 250 bucks for like three days of information is like that is a stupidly low price. That is, I mean, yeah. that is nothing. And the fact is, uh, you know, if you're at home, you can get it and you and your wife can watch it. Or if you're in a company, uh, look at getting it for your company to watch. Yeah, uh, if set you it up have em- in the conference room and, and stream it live. Exactly. If you have employees, this is very, very valuable for your employees. Um, it, it, it's the type of information, like, this isn't the, it's not going to be one of those, like, well, here's how you should set up your Illustrator file. It's not like that type of knowledge. This is very much uh, success to significant stuff. It's it's very much how, how to lead. It's... Um, how to it's about purpose it's uh leadership skills it's it's all the things that all of us regardless of like the creative uh medium we work in or the platform we work on like this transcends that so if you're a leader it's good for you if you're a follower like in a department it's good for you if you work by yourself if you're freelance it's good for you genuinely yeah and and don't hear this as a hard sell because it's it's honestly this is for our community this is for you guys um they could easily know it could easily have kept this as a close knit 150 people kind of more of a high end uh like mind meld, you know, um, conference, but he wanted to open this up to people who can't make it out there, but still need quality, um, inspiration and practical, uh, takeaways and things. And so, um, look at this as an opportunity to, to walk away. Um, and maybe you look at the lineup and there's only one day that you, that really kind of appeals to you and the the speakers appeal to you. Just grab that one day. It's a hundred bucks and it'll be the best hundred bucks you spend all year, um, developing yourself. So hop on M of one podcast.com slash reimagine and find out more information there okay that's it up next master categories 
So every week we talk about our master categories and those are the categories we draw the week before randomly with our tokens and that's what lets us know what we need to talk about. So uh, Patrick, why don't you kick us off? You had toys and games. Um, tell us what you're yeah, uh, bringing to you us. <laughs> adorable. Have I told you that talking. lately? I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> I just, man, you are cute. I feel like um, you had a con- like an inner contest where it was like, I'm going to take this breath and I'm going to keep saying words until all the air is gone. <laughs> Wait, me. I, I don't oh, know that Andrew. I. I don't know that I voiced I that to myself, I but I can see where that came from. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it did. Like I was trying to anticipate. I think you won. And if I it totally, makes you feel any better, I think you beat yourself. I think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he does. Uh, so I, my toys and games. I actually have two components to this. So the, the first part, I Overwatch. We talked about the fact that I just got it recently, and I was on PC, and so this leads into my first. Um, my my first part of my category. So I have been console for a while. I mean, the first console I had was the original Xbox, and uh, since then it was the Xbox. Then the the one that came after that was that the 360. Yeah. Okay. Then I had 360, and then um, and then I switched to the PlayStation. So I had the three, and then I had the four, and um, and then it's always been kind of a fight because you have this thing of like, well, one buddy play has the Xbox One, and the other one has a PS4, and the other one has a PS3, and the other one has something by Nintendo. That's stupid. Yeah. And it's it, like, what do you get? Well, finally, I just, um, I have a, I, I talked about a couple episodes ago, I've been getting into X-Plane, yeah. the simulator, which is not something I can do on a console, and it's also something that's very processor intensive. Sure. Uh, and additionally, I do have some other computer games I've played, like I've played WoW um, mm-hmm. for a while, and, um, and people have been talking about Overwatch, it's very popular, and so I, I just decided that my console days were done, I, I've actually already sold my console, uh, you know, a couple months ago, I swapped yeah. it out for an Apple TV, and I decided to build a computer, and with the build a PC. So with the purpose, uh, primary purpose of running X Plane, which again is very intensive, but I knew that I would get to do this other stuff as well. So um, first computer um, that I've built, and uh, I went all out. So I went uh, the i seven sixty seven hundred K, which is a quad core four gigahertz processor. Um, I went with now it's a, it's a ten seventy eight uh, A motherboard by MSI. But it's like kind of like the nicest one you can get. It's the game, the gaming seven. Beyond that, I think you move into what's the like the X ninety nine series or yeah. whatever. Yep. So I kind of had to choose between get a low end X ninety nine or get a high end ten seventy. I chose to do the high end. Well, um, if I'm not mistaken, or I said ten seventy, I meant Z one seventy. Ram, right? Say it again. If you go up to X ninety nine, I think you move into like DDR four RAM, which is like a whole nother uh, I f- world. I. So I realized I said 1070, and what I meant was Z170. That's the motherboard. It's a Z170. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I think it still supports DDR4, though. I think okay, that was cool. something I looked for. So, And then the memory I did get was DDR4. I, I only got 16 gigs, but it seemed like plenty for what I needed to do. Yeah. And then um, the graphics card, I got a killer deal on a 1070. So if you're following, and it's the 1070 like uh, X, the gaming X. Uh-huh. And I also got the MSI version. So if you're following those... They're anywhere from four hundred to four hundred and fifty dollars is kind of where they sit, and I got really jet. I've never heard of the website Jet, but they had a. I was able to get it for three hundred and twenty dollars. Get a ten seventy. You cannot get ten seventies for three hundred twenty dollars. It was just an insane deal. They had a a discount that day, and they had a promo code that stacked with the discount. I found it on the on Reddit. Someone uh, DH Drum that's in the uh, the Reddit uh, the Slack channel. Uh, he forwarded me the deal. I said Reddit Slack channel. I meant our Slack channel, but he's on Reddit. He forwarded me the deal. I got the video card. And that's kind of what kicked this off because I'd been telling myself I was going to wait 
till first of the year, take a few months to find stuff. Yeah. But when I found the killer deal on the video card, and once you buy a video card, that's like 30% of your system cost, yeah. right? Yep. That that became the the snowball for everything else. So point is, put it all together, hit the power button, nothing happened. Kind of terrifying. So um, it's a, you know, I... It's a little odd when you're putting it together because there aren't a ton of components, sure. but at the same time, you just get this feeling of like, if I do mess something up, this is a lot of money that, you know, mm-hmm. you don't want to accidentally like discharge, you know, static electricity <laughs> on your motherboard or something. Right. Really anything else, Andrew, uh, but especially static electricity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like... When I first fired up, nothing happened. That was kind of scary. But walk through it. I had a couple guys with me on Skype, and we were kind of like, uh, you know, Twitch streaming the whole thing. Uh, got it going. Uh, installed Windows 10, and the thing just runs perfectly. So I'm not overclocking anything right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I could. I have no desire to. The computer is just beautiful. So I don't think I've posted on my Instagram yet. I'll probably throw a post on my Instagram, but I did post it in the Slack channel. Uh, and there's a Reddit, Reddit post floating around somewhere. You'll never find it, suckers. Uh, and uh, uh, But it is just like this beautiful, big, white, blocky monolith. It doesn't have any like front cover. It's just all flat white. There's no space for optical drives. And then on one side, it's just got this big window you can see in. And then like the motherboard's red and the graphics card is red. And like it's just red and did white. Did you put LEDs in it? Or does anything so, glow? Okay, so on the 1070, it's got like eight little like LED strips that glow. Yeah. And then on the motherboard, you know how like on the motherboard you'll see like the wiring yeah. going across the face of it? Some of those paths are like have lights on them. Oh, cool. So you'll just have like a glowing path running up through the motherboard. Nice. Um, other than that, I think there are a couple other lights in the case. Uh, I do. So I've actually thought I have Philips Hue in my house, yeah. and Hue makes these LED strips. Yeah. And I've thought about putting a Hue strip in the bottom of it. Yeah. That way, I can actually control it with the rest of my house lights. Uh, like I thought that might yeah. be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but the the thing is, it's just beautiful. So I've been able to play uh, X Plane on the the highest setting. And other than so, I haven't bought the monitor yet. I'm borrowing something now, and it's kind of a low refresh rate, so I get some fr- like screen tearing. Other than that, it's beautiful. I'm running WoW on, on Ultra and getting 60 frames in Orgrimmar. And if you know what I'm talking about, that's awesome. Um, playing Overwatch. First time playing Overwatch. It's a freaking blast. And I just got gig internet here at my house. So I feel like I am like fully engaged in the future right now. Cool. Uh, and I'm loving it. So, so I, wanna, I have, I have a two, one statement, one question. So the statement is you, uh, you, you switched to ps4 and nobody's playing it and so you switch to pc which is a Win- windows based uh computer and basically nobody you know has windows i'm guessing so y- you again have really nobody to play with except for dr drum dh drum yeah DH well so drum. there's a the cool thing is with x-plane uh through so x-plane the way you have to play like there's not really a multiplayer unless you set up uh, another server to play multiplayer mm. but there's this thing you can get on called like vat sim and it's a bunch of other real players so i could always do that as you guys far just as fly planes together it seems dangerous yeah well they're fake thankfully and we try to like not get them into each other um and then it, as far as the other he do, he plays overwatch um you know he has a friend that play i i have another friend uh a guy named adam that plays but yes, I do agree. Like I know that I, right now I don't have you and Andrew. Yeah. Um, like my other friend You'll Travis, he's. I'm building a computer. I know. Travis is on an Xbox right now. You'll never JC get me, doesn't have sucker. anything. 
So you're right. I kind of have the same. <laughs> what happened is I didn't gain any friends or lose any right. friends. Just I just now have different friends. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm waiting for Microsoft to make good on their cross-browser promise. Right. Um, that that's Xbox what I need to happen. Yeah. Exactly. Like that That will draw in most of the people sure. I know. Because most of the people I know are on Xbox. Um, but ultimately, I just like to think that maybe my computer is so awesome that it will just, you know, I'll draw all men unto me. Right. That's what I'm really going so for. My, yeah, no, no, no. I get that. I, I, every time I look at you, I think he's going to draw men into him. <laughs> uh, well, fair. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, my, my question, though, is how has the transition Promise. to Windows been? I hate it. Like, I'm trying to like it. There's two transitions happening. One is to a mechanical keyboard. This thing is loud as Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. No, uh, number two. I feel like I just have an, a typewriter I'm typing on. Well, but number to be two, fair, your MacBook keyboard is mechanical. Yeah, but it's not the clickety clack no, that I have right, now. But it's still mechanical. But um, no, but uh, Windows has been uh, man. It's I don't know where anything is. I I guess I'm I don't know privileged or spoiled or um, lame You've or hipster, whatever the word is. World. It's not. It's not about any of those. I think it's just a different. You've been a. You've been a Mac user. I've been in the Mac ecosystem. Yeah. So what year is it now? It's 2016. 16. Okay. So I've been in the Mac ecosystem for seven years now, maybe. Yeah. And um, it is just, it's different. Like yeah. it, it's Windows is different. This stuff's not where I think it should be. And I, I don't know what things are called and how to find it. And I have these like vague memories of like, Windows 95 and Windows Me and Windows XP. Like that's <laughs> Everything my, is in the start menu, bro. That's you know where my, that start menu is. That's like the last memory I have of Windows is like Windows XP, which is, that's like what, three operating systems ago or four operating yeah. systems ago? Uh, that's through yeah. 7, 8, 8.1, 10. Well, so 2000 I guess, and stuff was after that too. Yeah, so it's just, man, it is tough. And I, I kind of... I don't know. I've been having some quirky things like where I'll like Steam has been kind of quirky where mm. I'll start a game and it's running and I'll quit it and then I'll go to start it again but Steam will say this game is already running but then I'll open Task Manager and there's like nothing running in Task Manager mm. and it's like this complete and then I have to just restart the computer because I'm at a loss like I don't know what to do. Yeah. So I've had some of like those moments which have been very frustrating. Uh, ultimately it's fine. I actually think it's a very beautiful platform like when you first boot it up and it hits like the start screen. Yeah. It's pretty, yeah. like genuinely, like it's it looks nice. Um, some of the menu stuff is really, really good. There are pieces of it that are really pretty. There are other pieces of it, like it almost feels like you have this like legacy system and this really beautiful system. And we designed some of the stuff really nice, and some of the stuff we got lazy and just pulled in the legacy stuff. <laughs> so there are parts of it that feel kind of like mismatched, yeah. just in like some of the the window styles and. I don't know. It, my best comparison I have is if you're using PayPal now, every now and then you'll click on something and you'll go to like a PayPal screen from like the last iteration of PayPal and it's like, what the, how did I get here? Not to derail so much, but uh, yeah. it's fine. It's a little frustrating. So. Well, plus you don't do PayPal anyway because you're boycotting PayPal. <laughs> yeah, so I'll never know if they fix it. So that'll yeah. always be my knowledge of PayPal. Yeah. But um, but yeah, so I am... Um, trying to get used to windows i i toyed with this idea of like so by the way i'm on my macbook right now i do plan on doing all my podcasting from the computer in the future i don't have a webcam right now so i I realize i can't do that yet um i've toyed with this idea of um doing development on the computer and then i just realized i'm too lazy to set up my stack over there so i'll just keep the macbook and do development on this 
And but I am going to switch all my podcasting over there, and and then obviously all my gaming and stuff like that. So I do need a monitor. Mm-hmm. What I'm doing now though is we're what two and a half weeks from Black Friday. Yeah, it's Cyber Monday so, too. Exactly. So I'm just holding out for that. I figure I'll just do nothing in the meantime. Pick up a killer deal then, and then. Yep. You know, off to the races. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or finish building that computer, sell it, and then build another one by that point. So it's funny. What, okay. what, one or the other. Like, I, one I, or the I other. love my machine. That's I have maybe could happen. I mean, no, listen, I so, so love this computer. It's beautiful. Like, if I built another one, I would build the exact same computer. If someone right now offered me the money, I would literally sell it for what I have into it just to get the experience of building another one because oh. I had that much fun building it. It was a blast. Okay. So, All right. Anyway, we're to hear first, folks. Patrick, full-on nerd gamer, PC lover. Bro, I have a good machine, and if you want to see the like the full album, I do have an uh, Imger, Imger, however the heck you want to say it, mm-hmm. uh, an album that I can send you if you want to see the computer. I'm happy to. I, I can repost it. that in Slack. Yeah, so I'll do that. But anyway, super super cool. Cool. So what are you doing now? You guys? <laughs> oh <it>? gosh. <laughs> I blank. That's my responsibility. Um, it, yeah, it is. Andrew, it absolutely is. Yeah. I just want to give it back to you. You were, you gave it to me because you were nice, and I just want to share the niceness to give it back to you. Yeah, it's like herpes. Oh. So we um, <laughs> we just everyone shares it with everybody, and it's a it's a wonderful community thing. Um, we uh, so I, I had uh, That's why your house. What is, so is it spooky. called? It's not herpes. videos. <laughs> Not videos. TV and film. That's what it's called. I had TV. <laughs> I'm the master of videos this week. <laughs> I'm the master of videos. <laughs> Have you seen this Bob Saget TV show? <laughs> they just... It's America's funniest there videos. There are the funniest videos in America right now. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, super irrelevant. Um, so, yeah, I was master of TV and film, which was great because I was able to go see a few few movies this weekend one was trolls um which surprisingly good um why wait why why was that surprisingly good why surprisingly you didn't think it was gonna be good no i mean no i didn't honestly i mean i had very low expectations of it okay um but the the humor was was great um the animation was great like you get to this point where the animation is so good like i don't imagine how it's gonna get better you know what i mean sure like like, I, I don't know how it's going to get any more realistic, you know, whatever. Anyway, it was good. It was funny. Um, the music was great. You know, it's Justin Timberlake and Anna Kendrick and a whole smattering of other people. Like, there was there were, there were people, like, one after another after another. Russell Brand was in it. Um, uh, James Corden. Corden? Yeah. Corbin? Corden. 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 Whichever. Corden. Um, he's in it. Um, and... Uh, it, uh, Gwen Stefani is in it. It's just it like the whole cast is just ridiculous. It's it's great. Um, John Cleese is in it as well. He's like the glittery. He's he's a glitter troll. He's just a silver glitter troll, and he like farts glitter. <laughs> like it's just it it's totally. I mean, I'm when you mad you find that out, I just laughed at that. I should not <laughs> laugh at farting right? glitter. No, no, no. Because here's I'm the deal. I'm better than that. I'm better no, than no, that. No, no, you're not because you know why? That it totally fits like the Monty Python esque style of humor, brand of humor. Um, so it, it was perfect for it being John Cleese. Anyway, um, so I saw that, but then I also saw uh, Doctor Strange and Patrick. I believe that the numbers are at now 85 million domestic. Um, that yeah, Dr. I realized Strange that Trolls was the one that was at like 45, and you're right, Doctor Strange was the one that was up at 
like 70 or 80. It's yes, it's currently sitting at around 85 million dollars for its opening weekend domestic, which is not bad. Um, and so did either one of you get a chance to see it this weekend? I did. No. I'm, okay. Are you talking about Trolls or Doctor Strange? Doctor Strange. I'm, I'm literally, so when you're listening to this podcast, just, man, be getting excited for me because I'm seeing it tonight. Okay, oh, great. Okay. Um, uh, so I'll, I will I will not, this will be a spoiler-free uh, review, so you no, can keep on listening if you haven't seen ending, it yet. So that's fine. <laughs> that's fine, but I, it's, it's still early enough that people haven't maybe seen it. So the film is very, very fun. I loved it. It was it's, It is about this character, Dr. Stephen Strange, who um, through an accident gets his hands um, crushed, and he's trying to um, – he, he's one of those guys who um, his sole like, um, – his whole purpose in life, his identity is centered around the fact that he is a fantastic surgeon. Um, and then his hands get jacked up um, in this accident, and – uh, he's trying everything to to kind of get back to you know where he was, and it's just not working. So he hears about this um, this technique, this person who who was paralyzed and is no longer paralyzed because of this spiritual meditation stuff. So he goes um, he goes away and he finds this person and he gets trained um, and he becomes uh, you know he becomes this sorcerer who is who is kind of tasked uh, along with uh, the. The Avengers, the Avengers kind of tackle and they, they make note of this. The Avengers, um, so this takes place all in the you know the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, the Avengers take care of all of like the earthly bad guys and like spatial, tangible bad guy things, and um, uh, Doctor Strange and his kind of cohort of of sorcerers take care of all of like the other like other dimensional realms yeah. like the spiritual and dimensional mystic. realms yeah mystic, mystic yeah the, the mystic realms um and uh man it was a very very unique film um the the just the effects in it were just shut your mouth good um like the whole film was probably filmed like 95 percent of the film was probably filmed on uh on green screen it had to have been yeah um just how they did it and um and, and I thought that it was great. The effects were great. I loved um, it's, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch. If you obviously I'm assuming that most people who are listening to this show know oh, what I would Doctor hope so. Strange is and who 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 uh, who um, Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch is. And and honestly, so we if you go back and listen to our, our San Diego Comic-Con episode where we talked about going to the Marvel um, panel yeah. show in, in Hall H. When Benedict Cumberbatch came out and they made this huge deal and and everybody went flipping nuts, I get it, man. He was great in this film. Mm-hmm. He he brought a level of, um, I hate to say class, but he brought a level of class to the Marvel universe um, because he's he. This is like a real actor. I'm not saying that the other actors aren't real actors, but he this guy is a guy who has performed in in. Um, in uh, like British theater and things like that. He's a, he's a real actor. He's not playing a British guy in this film, um, but he brings a sense of class and he's also very, very witty and very funny in this film. Um, and I thought that the writing for it was great uh, for him specifically. I thought it was great. Well, I think you're kind of, you might be kind of right now. Now that I'm about to say this, I know someone's going to get upset and correct me and that's fine. But just thinking about the primary people, it's, it tends to be that Marvel casts the, the unassuming or the unexpected, like the person that anyone else would write off, and then, oh well, they end up being great. So, um, you know, an example might be yeah, Chris like Pratt. no names, like Robert Downey Jr. 
Well, but seriously, Robert Downey Jr. was wasn't he like C list when he was cast? He, like I he, mean, he he had kind of gone into obscurity because he then was kind the of reinvented actor, himself, right? Struggled, yeah, yeah. whatever. Uh, yeah. Chris Pratt, right? Yeah, that's a great what, example. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Even um, our idiot brother, what's his name? That was Ant Man. Uh, yeah, uh, Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd's lovable, but you, you Paul Rudd's not going to make any best actor list, right? So, right. I think time and time again that has been the case. So I think it's okay to say that this is one of the few examples where they have cast someone in a primary role that is a a big name actor. Yeah, or well, is I, known I think for the their whole acting movie chops. Was a, a shift. I mean, they had it was uh, Rachel Adams or Mick. I don't. What's her last? I name? think it's Rachel Mick Adams. Yeah, yeah, and then Tilda Swinton and yep. Mads Mikkelsen, which he's not as noticeable of a name, but you've seen him in everything. Well, yeah, he's he's Hannibal, yeah. right? So he's this ultra menacing, ultra serious actor, mm-hmm. right? And his and he personifies this idea of of a maniacal kind of uh, sorcerer. It totally makes sense, the and it's totally believable. For him, was just insanely simple, but insanely yep. on point. It was so yeah. so good. It's like the purple, like the the purple glittery stuff under his eyes, just kind of sucks you in, and it kind of feels like a black hole almost. And um, it, it, anyway, I don't want to give any of the the movie away. I will say um, there are, like I said, there are there are pops of lighthearted moments in it. Oh, there's um, times where I just laughed out loud. In the oh theater. my gosh, right? It's there's funny. there's a scene where where Doctor Strange and um, the the bad guy, I can't remember his his character name. Um, are kind of introduced to each other mm-hmm. for the first time. And that scene made me laugh out loud. Mm-hmm. Like it was great. And, um, but otherwise under these very kind of heavy, uh, thoughts, it's all dealing with like darkness and, um, dealing with this guy's struggle to, um, to kind of find himself outside of himself because he's very egotistical. Serious. Very like at first. Yeah. It's just like really like this, it's dark portrait of this guy just losing everything. Yeah. Um, but, uh, man, I I can't, I can't say enough about this film. I think that it's Marvel did a, a freaking amazing job. The stingers at the end, make sure you stay for both stingers. There's two stingers. Um, the stingers at the end, I was excited about. Um, it wasn't like your typical Avengers kind of stinger, um, that you've come to kind of know and expect from Marvel. Um, uh, it does bring in other characters, which is cool, but they do it in a different way. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciated it. And I left really excited for the next film. Um, and uh, anyway, I would say on a scale of one to 10, I would probably give it an eight to an eight and a half. Yeah. That's what I would put it. Yeah. I, w- I would go, man, I'm trying to f- figure out where it fits for me as far as like in the realm of Marvel movies, but it's up there. It's for sure up there. Yeah. I'd say it's probably top three for yeah, me, maybe I top would say it's four. Three. I mean, yeah. it's it's Winter Soldier, Guardians, and Strange. Yeah, I would go Guardians first. Then I would go um, I would go Iron Man three. I know we've talked about this, mm-hmm. and everyone thinks I'm crazy. And then I would go Doctor Strange, and then I'd go Winter Soldier. Wow. So um, I just I need to see it then, oh, absolutely. and then I'll, I'll give my list next time because yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I need to see it. Absolutely, it's very. I would I would I actually wouldn't hate seeing it again oh, yeah. with you guys when we're in California. Honestly, uh, you know maybe seeing yeah. it in an IMAX or something like that because the, it visually it's the most compelling movie I've watched in a very very long time. Um, it's so layered too. There's so many it's, things it's, that's just like 
attitude. It's borderline an artistic film. Like that's that's so <laughs> stupid. I want you to cut that, but there's no way there's you're cutting no that. Way. I'm sure there's not. Yep. It's it's borderline an artsy film. That's sure. what I was trying right, to right, say. Right, right. Um, because of how many, it's just yeah, it deals with so many different depths and so many different layers. Um, it's borderline that it, it, you kind of lose the sense that it's this big budget superhero movie for uh, different you periods the of the movie. You're watching, and then you go, "Oh yeah, this is a huge budget." Oh yeah, that costs way too much money. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, Wong, one of my favorite characters. You'll oh, know when you man. watch it why he's just my favorite. So it's just great. Okay, so that's it for my master category, Luke. Um, I think that just leaves you. Yeah. So my category was uh, art and design, and for it, I decided to bring in my friend, Andrew's friend, Patrick's acquaintance. Oh, (laughs) hold on. Christmas Rodriguez. I'm like, I am most of the reason his nickname is Christmas Rodriguez. That's true. Yeah, (laughs) mostly because you're bad with names. No, so it's it's Chris Petrosky, and he was just at BlizzCon, so I wanted to bring him on, talk about BlizzCon. So, hi, Chris. Hey, Luke. Oh, round of applause. Thank you. Yeah, you got yes, it. Yes, we, we're not going to let you not you. get one. Yeah. So, you just. Now, went, if you notice, Luke did not clap. Listen, <laughs> come on now. That's because I'm your guest, Patrick. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to kick it off with your, with, uh, your guest, Patrick, and I'll, I'll just start talking to him. Yeah. That, Luke, why don't you take over? Go ahead. I'll take anyway, Christmas for a spin. Take Christmas for a spin. So, Chris, just give us a give us kind of the rundown of your impressions of BlizzCon this year, and then we'll Uh, get into more specific question. Sure. Um, So, this was my first time actually going to BlizzCon. I went with a uh, a veteran, I guess you could say, okay, uh, who's been to a couple other ones. Um, So, this was all kind of new to me, Um, but it was pretty fantastic. the uh, opening ceremony, you know, where they release all their big announcements was uh, pretty cool. Um, I'm kind of uh, big into all the different Blizzard games. Yeah. Uh, Overwatch, Heroes of the Storm, Diablo 3. Uh, I don't play StarCraft that much, but I have played it before. Um, so I was pretty excited to see what was next for those games. Yeah. Uh, the announcement for Overwatch, the new character, I'm yeah. stoked about. Uh, they do little, like, kind of videos for all those characters and then Sombra, kind of like a uh, stealthy rogue hacker. Yeah. Um, and uh, her, her announcement was pretty fantastic. Well, um, yeah. Go, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. All right. I was, so you're so here. polite to each other. <laughs> Chris, no, you're from no, Canada? You, no, you hang up. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. Okay, what, tell me. So we just, Andrew and I are like brand new to Overwatch. So we're not like you veterans over there. But if we can really quickly just uh, uh, deviate, what, what's what's the like the special ability or whatever? Um, man, I'm not really sure. Like to be honest with you, um, I know she's uh, super stealthy, and like I said, she can hack other um, players' abilities. Yeah. So I guess that would be it. She can yeah. take over a different player's ability. And, yeah. So uh, so they've been they've been hinting at her through kind of a series of all of these um, fake like email communications and all these code ciphers that this whole community has gone through to kind of unlock these things about Sombra. Um, and then when they announced her, they've 
it, it was like a long time coming. They've been doing this for like the last um, three months almost. On the on PC, there's a thing called the PTR, the play uh, play test realm. public test realm, public test yeah. realm, yeah, that, yeah. Um, and so they, that's where they release new stuff. Well, I guess Sombra's live right now on the the PTR, and um, she has so she has invisibility. She can hack health packs so that enemies can't use health packs. Um, she can also hack abilities so you can't use abilities. And her special is kind of an EMP bomb, they say, that kind of disables every enemy's everything for a certain period of time. So Dang, that seems awesome. useful. Yeah. Yeah, the other big announcement out of Overwatch was the, the league they're starting up, um, which kind of sounds like a bridge between uh, like high-ranking players that are kind of amateurs and uh, professional league where they have you know eight teams or so and every once in a while the bottom tier of the uh the eight teams uh have to kind of battle for their spot to remain a professional team and the top tier amateurs get a chance to break into that uh, professional realm which sounds pretty cool and uh everyone was <laughs> super stoked about it that plays overwatch pretty yeah. competitively yeah, that's. I think that that's. So I'm very. I, I'm not into the like the professional gamer like that kind of like the team based actual make money kind of deal. But hearing that the top eight teams have to essentially reseed themselves and prove themselves regularly, um, it brings a sense of like. Uh, uh, approachability to it or like it makes sure that they stay on the top of their game um, as opposed to just kind of relaxing and getting into a rhythm um, which is I think that's nice because it it keeps the community active and it keeps the community kind of pushing towards something mm-hmm. yeah and it, and it keeps like teams consistent because like I guess right now like I'm not anywhere close to being a pro player or that level or follow it that that's closely. exactly what a pro player would say but go ahead that's true <laughs> Um, just uh, hiding my skills, <laughs> but uh, no, they 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 essentially um, are keeping teams together. I guess when they're sponsored, they t- they tend to bounce around all over the place right. and break up and get back together uh, pretty frequently. So this is going to bring some stability to uh, the pro scene, I guess. Yeah, that um, makes sense. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the one that I was really excited about is Heroes of the Storm. I don't know if you guys have played that or are familiar with it. I have, it's I of, played just a touch of it. That's like the MOBA, right? The massive battle yeah. arena. Yep, yep, yeah. Um, I play that uh, a lot, and they're releasing two new characters, uh, King Ren from Warcraft and uh, Ragnaros, who was from uh, Vanilla WoW in yeah. the old Molten Core raid. And the kind of stuff they gave Ragnaros is, is pretty cool. He uh, he can take over a fort in that game okay. and kind of become a raid boss. Oh. So his abilities are empowered when he takes over a, a fort. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I got to I got to test this one out. Uh, my buddy played Ragnaros, and I played King Ren. King Ren's kind of the first character that can be multiple things. He could be a uh, he can be a tank or a, a DPS warrior, an assassin. It gives him a lot of different play styles. Huh. Um, so as you go through the game, you can uh, build him talent-wise and turn him into either a tank. Yeah, or, so that's pretty big because 
if I'm not mistaken, those battle arena games, most of it is one character has one role, and, and that's how you function on the team. So that's pretty awesome. Can you, like, respec, like in WoW, if you need, like, depending on the role you need with him, could you no. do two things, or is it kind of you pick one avenue and go with it? Yeah, you can, the only really change you can make is you can make him, like, an aggressive tank or someone who's just really, really tanky. Mm-hmm. Or you can make him like a uh, aggressive uh, melee warrior with sustained damage. So you can make him more like a uh, uh, not a support, but a, a specialist that does more sustained damage. Gotcha. And uh, or you can have him be kind of bursty, like a uh, aggressive assassin. Cool. So, yeah, I mean, but you can't go back and respect him. So like, if you decide later on, well, I need to be a tank, you can't respect gotcha. the match once you choose your talent. That's that's the avenue you're going down. Gotcha. So what? So okay. So I've never been to BlizzCon. Um, I've been to Comic Con and a couple other things like that. Um, what's the main? What's the main deal? I know there's like competitions and then there's re- reveals and then you, I know you went to some art uh, like art of and like demonstration type things. What's the main draw for this thing? Uh, it kind of depends on the purpose uh, or kind of depends on the person I guess. Um, yeah there's there's highly ranked competitive professional matches for every everything that Blizzard does. Um, there's also a lot of art and design and uh, you get to interact with all the uh, all the Blizzard artists. Uh, yeah, you can. Yeah, you can go to. There was a stage called the Creative Collective stage, which was actually really cool. Um, they had sessions for each uh, kind of world that Blizzard has, and uh, they would have they would have uh, three uh, stations. Two would be digital stations. They'd have a three D modeler or someone like painting in. Uh, in Photoshop, and then they'd have a person doing a sketch and have like the camera over them, and they would just field questions from the audience. Why they were drawing? As they were doing that. Yeah, yeah. cool. Um, and so the first, I went to two of those. The first one I went to was three people that were working on World of Warcraft. Nice. Uh, there was a, a lady named Fanny Byrne. She was a 3D modeler and environment, environment artist. Um, she would kind of do some uh, stylized texture building so kind of like the walls and everything you would see as you're going through an environment cool um and she was working on something for uh the new release they just had and uh there was a guy named cole eastburn he was uh he was pretty cool he his title was just professional artist for them but he uh started from scratch and uh sketched out a dwarf um, and he had a bunch of other sketches up there that he was doing, like the pandas, the pandering race and all that. Um, and he was he was a pretty engaging guy. And I guess one of his good friends, uh, Eric Braddock, was next to him. And he was he's a prop artist. So all the stuff you see in the world, like the benches and chairs and, you know, anything that's in the world, he stylizes that and... Uh, puts it together and then puts it in the game that's awesome. so that's it's crazy it sounds like to get into this you really have to be a fan of of blizzard which makes sense it's called blizzcon like i get it but it, it yeah. sounds like it is like very in depth um the the games that they're putting out like a, I, it doesn't i'm not sure the casual person would necessarily go and and uh take a lot from it but but for someone that is really passionate about blizzard one of their properties ha- how do you go to blizzcon like what is that process 
So, like I said, this was my first year. So, my buddy actually bought the tickets. Um, apparently, there's... So, we just need to know your buddy. Yeah, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. He's the guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, so, uh, there's two rounds of tickets for BlizzCon. Um, the first one sold out in uh, a few seconds. Um, and he actually missed it. He took off work just to try to buy the tickets. And <laughs> was mashing the button. And when they went on sale, they immediately ran out of tickets. Wow. Oh, and my had gosh. A second round that lasted about five minutes. And he was able to get tickets for that. That's so are those like the seats that, that are like the next level up in the like in the main event center or what? No, it's it's all general seating. Oh, you just kind of oh so it's in. like people gave up after the first time, but your buddy's not a quitter. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I had he pushed up. through. I lost all hope immediately. <laughs> but but he um, came through. But they're I mean they did they did con exclusives. They did um uh, I know the the folks out of Big Shot Toys. I've been following them on their Instagram for a few months and they did the what are they called the cute but not cute but deadly. Is that what they're called? Uh, yeah, cute but deadly. Cupid Deadly, like the yeah. little figures of all the different properties. Yep. Um, and tell us about the pins. So, like, um, so you came back with a little bit of swag for for uh, for us, and um, tell Patrick and Luke the story you told me about the pins because I think that's a really interesting and cool story. And Patrick will freaking love it. Yeah, so they they sell like a pin pack. You they each have one pin in them, but they're blind. You don't know what's in them. Okay. Sure. Um, it seems like every year, uh, talking to people there. There's like the one pin that you want, and it's rarer than the other ones. So okay. there's a set of ten, and then there's the a gold variant of each one of those character pins. Um, and not just printed gold; like it's it's three D sculpted. Like it's a it's like an impressed, like a a stamped. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah and the uh, the one everyone wanted this year was a, a Reinhardt pin, uh, who's a character from Overwatch. Um, in the gold variant of that pin, mm-hmm. and I bought ten packs of pins, and I pulled two of those. Wow! Of Holy cow! <laughs> and so I was able to uh, use that Reinhardt gold pin into completing the entire set by trading with someone else. <laughs> wow! <laughs> he, he speculated the crap out of that pin, Patrick. Is you? He would have done you proud. <laughs> That's awesome. That is killer. So yeah, they're pretty neat. There's. Uh, you know, properties from uh, StarCraft, WarCraft, uh, Overwatch, um, all of those, and uh, Diablo as well. Cool. And a jo- a j- the Jolly Hearthstone Dwarf. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, uh, the innkeeper from Hearthstone oh, nice. made an appearance. So what was your what was your biggest takeaway from from BlizzCon? Because I know that I mean I have a thousand other questions. I saw some of the swag you brought back. There's that freaking amazing Stein that feels like if you just gave someone a nice little clunk, it would totally kill them because it weighs like six pounds um, yeah. that they gave you just as part of your pack. But what's the what's the like the your main takeaway from from BlizzCon? Are you going to go back like all that stuff? Yeah, no, I'm definitely going to go back. I think my main takeaway is that I suck at video games um, <laughs> after I watched all these professionals play. Uh, no, I was. Uh, I think my biggest takeaway is, is how talented all the people that work on those games are. Um, just seeing them work from scratch to, to build some of the, like, draw and paint some of the, the best things I've seen. And I was, I was really stoked to see that and get to experience it and just uh, 
see it with other people that are really passionate about the worlds that these guys have created. Yeah. Um, yeah, I will, I will definitely be going back. Um, it was a lot of fun. The community um, that was there was really cool. Everyone's really nice, really friendly, helpful, and just, you know, wanting to talk about you know, everything WoW, everything Blizzard. Yeah. Uh, it was a, it was a cool experience. It was one of my first convention experiences, and I had a lot of fun. Dude, that's killer. I, I love you, hearing that. You yeah, know, it's- I think you picked a good one, a good first con experience. Because the thing about I've always loved about Blizzard is that you can tell that they live in the worlds that they create. Like they have thought so much about that world, and they know it. They know the history of it. They know the lore. They know why their job fits within the world. And you can just hear it in interviews and things when they talk about like game releases and behind the scenes stuff. Like they care so much, and I think that's why they're so popular as a company. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, talking to every single artist, I had a chance to talk to about nine of them, and each one of them was a fan of the game before they became an employee for Blizzard. Right. And uh, that's, a, that's a good sign. Yeah, and you could tell that they were. I mean, they could they could speak all the jargon and everything that you would hear from someone who's been playing for 10 years so. you know that's one of my favorite things about conventions because we we've got to go to a couple and, and we've got some more lined up and that's really exciting um d- talking to artists and talking to um i love just generally how friendly and how little ego there it there is yeah like yeah. it's funny because a lot of times you get a lot of ego from people in the community that aren't the artists or that aren't the like big players. And so you kind of project that on the the higher up people. But then if you go talk to, you know, it could be your heroes or, or the people that are actually making it happen. It, it's been, I think all of our experience that those people don't have ego that they, that they want to share with people and talk to people and, and do what they can. And, and that's been like a really cool experience for me where um, again, even though there can be ego lower, you know, on lower rungs of the community, I, I don't think it works its way up to the top. So I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all the artists were great to talk to. You could be the 400th person in line to talk to them and they'd still take the three or four minutes to talk to you about whatever you brought up. Sure. Um, so it was, I mean, it was cool. That's, that's awesome. sweet. And Chris kind of went as our unofficial street team. <laughs> um, and he's, he didn't know uh, it and we didn't give him anything. Yeah. But we didn't totally give him anything, did. but <laughs> next time we'll, we'll be prepared, but he came back with some, with some cards, uh, with some of the artists and then a, a paper cup that was used because there were no cards left. I guess he wrote it on a paper cup with correspondence information. Um, so we will be reaching out and, and, uh, uh, talking and he like, like not blind, like he 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 brought us up and talked to us about him, and, they, and everyone who has a card here said that they were totally down if if uh, the scheduling worked out. So, um, thanks for doing that, and uh, I'm I'm glad you had an awesome time. It it I I almost went. I was like, ah, what? Just yeah, a couple of. I, yeah. I I'll tell it off air because it's a long. It's well, it's not a terribly long story, but we but we want to make sure that we we keep this thing going. But. Um, I was so close to going with him, like just mere hours away from from pulling the trigger, um, and going with him. Like, like oh, it's uh, it's eight o'clock to it's eight o'clock in in the evening, and tomorrow morning at seven, you're flying out. Maybe I'll fly with you, kind of thing. Um, so it was it was crazy. But um, thanks for uh, for giving us the lowdown on BlizzCon. Maybe next year we will be there covering it as press. Yeah. And uh, and and we'll we we'll be able to uh, enjoy the fruits of that together. Um, yeah. 
But for now, um, that's it for this episode. We have had a good time talking about all sorts of stuff. It may have run a little bit long, but that's okay. It's all good stuff. Make sure you check out mofonepodcast.com to find show notes and links to all the stuff we talked about. You can also find mofonepodcast.com slash reimagine to go there and buy your live stream tickets and find out more about the, the reimagine conference that's coming up next week. Um, you can go to mf1podcast.com slash slack and join the community there. Find us on uh, all the different uh, social medias, but find us on Instagram specifically because we do most of our work in Instagram, and that's just mf1podcast. There's so many different ways to connect with us. We will be doing a West Coast meetup. It is November 16th. The location is still being figured out, but November 16th in the Costa Mesa area in California. So if you're one of our West Coast listeners, um, come out, enjoy dinner, and a beer or if you don't drink uh, enjoy a non-alcoholic beer um, and we'll have we'll have a good time connecting with each other yeah <laughs> um, and then if you're going to decon um, we've got some stuff and you want to be a part of a street team we've got some stuff to give you that you can go and um, be more equipped than Chris was um, <laughs> so that's Sorry, uh, Chris. <laughs> um, but you but Chris had the gumption he didn't need the swag but we're gonna give we're gonna give you guys some swag um, some really cool stuff coming up a lot of different ways to connect a lot of different ways to be a part of this community um, do it you guys are fantastic we love um, having you guys be a part of it um i think i've covered everything patrick what uh, subscribe on itunes stitcher yeah, subscribe rate leave, review yeah. read your review on the air all that yeah. great stuff patreon you can you can support the show on patreon oh my patreon.com slash m of one podcast and if you are one of our uh blooper blooper level um patreon members um first of all thank you second of all you just got 40 minutes of nonsense just ridiculous nonsense and <laughs> nonsense. hilarity last week man nonsense um, is a light way to put it. Oh my gosh! People falling out of chair. It was it was a hot hot mess. Um, but you can you can join us on there and support the show that way. So many different ways. But for now, we're gonna get out of here. I'm Andrew. I'm Patrick. I'm Luke. I'm Chris. Peace out. Bye. For the horde. Hold on to your butt. <laughs>try to burp when you clap but i, re- I just had a, sp- a spinacopita in um, some lasagna whoa, 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 whoa. and i realized there was a chance i had greek food and the point is it was just, it was just red pasta sauce and the, i just realized there was a chance it was gonna be throw up and a I just flabby went, basket of trina <laughs> that's what i thought it was gonna come out of my a mouth flabby basket of freedom <laughs> <laughs> No. Was that, that, okay. Is that good? Yeah. All right. Oh, God, I shouldn't do it. You know how like, you feel like there's <laughs> foam right behind <laughs> your, your goitus?
Yeah. Am I frozen? Yeah. <laughs> no, you're not frozen. I'm just taking a picture of myself. <laughs> no, you shut up. Why do you look like an idiot? <laughs> I'm, I'm taking a picture of, of myself, you fart sucker.